Here's the Dika. There it is. Good morning. Good morning. Big show today. Big show today. We got later coming up, Peter Beckett, the voice of player, April 24th. We also got Corey's doctor, Dr. Gary Horsman of MPM, Middle Path Medicine. He's going to talk about what's in his cabinet and what's in yours and whatever you need. What do you think, Corey? I think this is great. I think you yeah. have a Guns N' Roses guy on yesterday, and you tell me I can't ask any Guns N' Roses questions. Now you have an anti-vaxxer. That's great. Well, the guy's not in Guns N' Roses anymore. That was in yesterday. Okay. All yeah. Right. You don't even know your facts, Corey. Ladies oh, and yo, gentlemen. You, that's who, not the main thing he's known for. No. For people who don't know Corey no, okay. Levinson, former Circus <laughs> Magazine right. editor, you want to know why it's former? <laughs> Formerly, the guy, the guy yesterday that we interviewed hasn't been in Guns N' Roses for about years already, and Corey's still still holding a grudge on Axl Rose. Hi, Corey. Slash. Let me introduce. Let me interview you about middle school, Slash. All right, all right. You, you want to start trouble, Corey? No. You I know don't. Mike Fasano's friends with Matt Sorum. He's not in Guns N' Roses, I, but I am too. <laughs> Matt's a great guy. Well, do you yeah. want to interview Matt Sorum? I would love to. Mike, why don't you get Matt on the show? I'm trying, man. We're he trying. doesn't wake up early. The guy doesn't do anything <laughs> doesn't but plays guitar early. to his fireplace in Palm Spring. Stop trying. So why don't listen? Why I, don't we do some crazy campfire thing at night? We'll just pop on. Whoever comes on, I'll be with Matt Sorum. It'll be great. Matt Sorum has a Corey problem with me. I think I have, a, I have a problem with Matt Sorum. You guys had some sort yeah. of falling out way, up, way back in the day. Yeah, he has a problem with me. What was the problem? Uh, let me talk what to happened? Mike. Shush. <laughs> Hold on, Mike. Mazel. Mike, here I have Come a problem on, with Sorum. I'm going to be honest with you yeah, with Matt Sorum. Why do you have a problem with him? Well, when Matt was in Use Your Illusions, he was very nice. This is when when Guns N' Roses hated Corey, yeah, and I true. I was friends with everybody. Right. But but Matt was really nice. I mean, I was friends with Matt when he had the 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 Colonel must the Colonel custard hair. You know, and by the way, everybody didn't hate me in Guns N' Roses. Only Axel. I would run into Slash and he would say, dude, I love you, but I can't talk to you. If you ran into Slash today, you wouldn't like him. He, you look, you wouldn't even remember who the hell you are. Maybe, maybe wait, not. So, if I remind wait, hey, Corey, so Circus Magazine, right, uh, is, is, is one thing. Did he have problems with media? Because the one song that they had, he, he calls out Bob Guccione Jr. Wasn't he a magazine guy too? He, he, he called out seven people, including Andy Sester. By name, I was just upset he didn't. Just said Circus Magazine. But, I got uh, a problem with Mike uh, Fasano. Yeah, yeah. I got a problem with Fasano. <laughs> yeah, because yesterday you go on a show, and I got a problem. I'm looking at you right now, and Oyve, you could you 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 brought it to my attention. Oh yeah, I said what? Mike had a had an awesome background yesterday on the yeah on the um yeah the show you did with yeah, the, but, the the girl from Brazil. Yeah, I said I know, why don't we get the good background. Amber, Amber, because I'm in sunny Southern California. No, no, I want, I want that background. I don't like this background because you can't. You look like you're in a witness protection program. It looks terrible. <laughs> and you know what? You come on my show, and that's right. People are watching. They're gonna be mad. Oh, the sack. You do a professional interview with, with the with the kids, and God bless them too. They're doing a great job, and I want to be on their show and help them out. But you come on my show, 
you act like you're Henry Hill. You're like you're embarrassed to be on my show. You come in with you come in with a sweatshirt. You don't wear you wear a nice sport jacket for their it, show. Stephanie, it is a, in, in Mike's defense, it is a little embarrassing. No, no, he, he wears a gold. Right, he goes, don't, 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 don't. I'm gonna get started with your background over there. Hold on, you and your wife. Your wife gave you some last night. You know, you forgot to make the bed. But listen, listen to me. Listen, he's looking. You knew the bed's messy, Corey. Come on, come on. Did you? Did you? Did you, you, you have, it's did just you guys... like we're living together again. I left the cabinets open. You wouldn't talk to me for a week. Hold on, I'll get to you in one second. Let me finish off with Mike. Sleeping with the enemy, Mike. You come on my show. I don't mind the sweatshirt, the promotion, but I could see your neighbor across the street walking by with no mask. <laughs> the doctor's probably watching. He's very upset with this. It's like, it's like I want to see gold records. You, you, you're friends with Matt Sorum. The guy won't give me the time of day. When when I met him out here in Paso Robles, when Hollywood Vampires played, he acted like he didn't even know me. Oh, I'm that's like, what Matt. it is. Yeah. When you don't was, remember Stefan. You, you don't remember me. Your life is hell. You know? <laughs> oh. I got a doctor coming on here that my wife's hawking yeah. me China about this doctor. I know nothing about the doctors. I'm nervous. of the. I, get, I got white coat syndrome. I got problems. I see a doctor. <laughs> I get scared. You know why? I don't want another man's hand up my, you know, behind. They don't do that anymore. You haven't gone in 20 years. They just I went. I had a colonoscopy. Mike, have you had a colonoscopy? I wish I could talk to you like Mike, but I can't. Should we do it? Let's do it on the show. Look like a shadow. No, go move. Go move the setting. Go go to your records. Impress the doctor. No, Mike, you know what? That's what? the only really problem. Quick. If you light your face, I think I think light your face up. Thank you. I mean, listen. You're backlit. Listen to me. I have had a lot of comments about the cats. The cats like to sit in the window. You know what I mean? They, you, know you know, this is why I'm doing yeah, this is why this is why he goes in the back. This is why he goes in the back. <laughs> Till he gets it together, he could talk to me. Till he gets it to, till he behaves the Adika way. It's my show. Got to be the Adika way. It's, it's the Adika way or the highway. Conform or go. That's it. Now, Oive, let's get off. Let's get me how many hosts we could eliminate. Now you, Corey, you're Bye. next. Now you're next. You're next, Corey. Corey, the bed. What? I got a problem with the bed. Uh, Joanne was in here this morning. Well, there's the hand. There's the hand. Why don't you have it together? You know what? This till your wife gets on the screen, you're allowed back on. Good. You know, good. That's it. Goodbye. Goodbye. It's only me and you. Till we see his wife, she's the only one. It's you and me. You are professional, Oyvind. Oh, what a way to Oyvind, start the morning. Let's go to the comments. Let's talk to our people. You want to click All the right. comments or should I? I can't remember. Oh, you can't. You're not allowed. Okay. Yeah. Let's start from the top. Uh, let's start from probation. the... Let's, let's go. Okay. Okay. Right here. Till, till we, there's Lynn we Barker. Ha, ha, ha. Alex. Ah. I guess Alex <laughs> said something. There's Rebecca. Patrice. Don't be so jealous, Stefan. You know what? I love you, Rebecca, and you're such a wonderful artist, and your show's amazing. No, no. At, amazing. And yeah. we, Oive and I, want to do your show together because he's my partner. We he's really partner. like Mike's background. It looked oh, cool. Like, I was very like, cool. Very cool. Let's, I'm going to get to Corey's wife. I want to get her on here. She's very pretty to look at. Not like that hairy pond guy. Alex. Good morning. <laughs> she says, I'll make them cough, Lynn. The, uh, 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 I think that has a... I, I think I know where she's going with that. Uh, uh, we got the beautiful Wendy Krause. Good morning. Hello, Wendy. Oh, Stefan, who pissed in your cornflakes this morning? It's Mike Fasano <laughs> and his background. It upset me. I saw the neighbor with no mask, and it's, it's, it's not clean. It's not clean. Oh, we got kitty, hot kitty. Stefan, you're a bully. Love it. Ooh, uh, your picture looks very nice. I like that. That's a nice photograph, kitty. 
Beautiful. Lovely. Nice. Good morning, my love. Good morning. Oh, we got the beautiful Liz. Liz, Adika is the best bully. I love you, Liz. I love you. Mwah. Good morning, Liz. Good morning. Let's oh, what's over here? Oh, the beautiful yeah, Debbie. Debbie. Oh my God. I poor Mike, she says. Listen, Debbie, I want to see Adika's Angels. And all my ladies, I want to see the, the Adika's Angels. Come on, come on, come on. Let's see this. I love that Mike Fizzano has has okay. Oh. Kitty Oat says, I'm drinking out of an animal from the Muppets coffee mug. Ooh. Which animal? I, which that's hot. That's hot. Watch this. Okay, let me give him a second chance. Let me give him a second chance. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> you still hey. haven't you still you still haven't read here. <laughs> You still haven't changed. It's still the same old background. There you go. Still haven't changed. All right, hold on. Let's give this guy a second chance. Ah, oh, the, the oh, beautiful Mrs. Levinson. How are you Happy doing? Friday. You look so pretty. I just got oh my gosh, you're sweet. Oh, uh, look how guys. pretty she is. Look at this. Look at this. Oh, beautiful. What's really going on in this bed? Okay, oh. so you have to turn it around. I yeah. try and make it every morning for the show, but this yeah. is what I'm dealing with. <laughs> this is what's going on. What is that? The comforter. All right, this is there my... is four Corey, you could shush. You're fired. Look at this. This is, my... this is what I'm iPad. sleeping in. <laughs> this is your bed? Yes, this is what he, for whatever reason, needs three or four I can explain why I need four headphones. You Wait a second. Are you guys watching like 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 Pornhub at night? What are y'all into? What are you doing? Joanne's not. <laughs> <laughs> what are you he's doing? Like, he's like, honey, put the headphones on. It sounds like you're there. There's there's actually a reason. I have big ears, and so wait, 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 wait. show your ear, Corey. Show your ear, real. Let's get a close up of the ear. Oh, sure. Like that. Oh, hold on, hold on, oh, hold, hold, hold on one That's a second. Nice ear. Hold on, hold they're, on, they're, they're hold on, Doctor Forsman. Do you see that ear, Doctor Forsman? <laughs> uh, hold on, Doctor Forsman. We're gonna get back to you in one second. Just wait. Right. Hold on one second. <laughs> the doctor's looking in your ear. Okay. Listen. So, <laughs> so, so Joanne watches TV. She needs to go to sleep with a TV. I can't do that. So I put the headphones on so I don't hear Why the Grey's Anatomy. Why three? No, because my he, my ears are big. So I one set, set of headphones last last for an hour, and then I have. To, Can we look at your wife? My, you my, see what I'm doing? And my ear gets all irritated. Corey, so I have stop to go to holding the film to you. Let me look at your wife, and I don't want to see up your nose. Because <laughs> there goes the hand, Joanne. Joanne, th th this is why the, your husband can't do right in my show, and this is why I'm going to put him in Never Neverland because I can't stand him. <laughs> You're so beautiful. How do you do it? Stop You're it. So, Stop I it. feel bad for you. I, Stephen, I, don't ruin her low self-esteem and just kick me out. You, you know what? You're <laughs> never gonna get another. Let me tell you something, Joanne. Can I can I talk really frank? Can I talk? Yeah, don't get sorry. don't get offended. He's never gonna find a hot piece of blank like you again. <laughs> That's it. That's it. You know what? Of course. Ooh, if my wife was a ooh yeah. You know, <laughs> and you, you Corey, you know, you, 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 ooh, your wife. <laughs> Look at Ove is single. Hey. Yeah. Oy, Oyve is single. If you look at that, look at that, huh? 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 Look at that. You never know. You never I know. I want to be an angel. You know, you, you are, are an angel. angel. <laughs> You're an angel. And you are an Adika's <laughs> angel. Corey, <laughs> I can't handle this. God, Corey. Joanne, you have a beautiful God, morning. We love you, angel. Joanne. God, we love you. <laughs> we love you. This is a professional. You don't show. even need wings. You have a great show. You too. It's ugly. It's the best. Uh, no, it's no, no. Let's get let's get rid of him. You know what? The show's <laughs> gone off the handle. Let's uh, uh, let's give the guys a second. Uh, there he is. 
There he is. Where's the gold record? Ah, there you go. That no, no, that, that that's not acceptable. I want to see the hey, records. Mike, don't let those get warped in the window, dude. It's all right. All right. They, look at Corey. There's the studio. Oh. Back. Oh God. <laughs> let me relax a second with you guys. The hand. Let me relax. Okay, for everybody, Mike Fazzano. He's obviously in a band called Tiger Army, but he doesn't want to show the good stuff. You treat me second rated. So I got listen. Hey, you reading the comments at all? Did you put the comments up there? If you watch the, the show, if you watch the show, I have been reading the comments. Uh, have you? Have you really? Yeah, I'm gonna read it right now. Don't touch anything, Mike. One eight hundred sexy babes. Debbie, we love you. That's it. That's all I have to say. You know what? Is that for it, us? That's for us. Yes, that's for us, Corey. Hmm? What do you have to say for yourself? I, I was just explaining to you why I have all the headphones. I, ne I never found that, the that answer. Because you got big ears. Well, they, they, they're always closing on a portion of my ear, but they're mm. different shapes, these headphones. So, mm. so it, it one, one will last an hour before my ears get irritated, then I go to the other one, and mm. then it lasts another well, hour, and then we're Your ears fine. get irritated, huh? We'll talk yeah. to the doctor about big, this they're one. too big. All right. All right. You need to get those big 70s earphones. Remember back in the day? I can't find them anywhere. The big car wash ones, the old Yeah, JBCs. they don't have them on, e on eBay. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Well. Yeah. Type in vintage headphones. Okay. Okay. Let's bring on next guest. You guys ready for this one? Corey, I hope you got I hope you're ready for this one. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. Huh? When's the last time you've been to a doctor, Corey? Uh, two two months ago, of mm -hmm. course. <laughs> Are you a hypochondriac? I'm I'm just as bad as you are. Okay. How about you, Fazano? Last time you've been for a doctor a checkup, what's going on with you? It's been a while. How long? Nothing's would you stay? wrong with me. No, but how I long? Got a great doctor. Okay. I, I don't care. But I didn't ask about your doctor. I'm not looking for a plug. <laughs> I asked you how long have you been a doctor. I don't need to know about the people who wax your balls. Uh, how long have you been to a doctor? Years. <laughs> two years. Okay. 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 You want, how about flirt salon? Do they do a good waxing on your uh, behind? Oh, you get waxed before you go to the doctor before they check. How many guys out there wax their uh, schlong before they go to the doctor? Before you go to the doctor? <laughs> you know, do you do a little... What kind of doctor are you going to? I, I don't know. <laughs> do you do like a stripper? The old two... <laughs> with with, with, with the, the landing thing, would that be 90s? <laughs> Is that 90s? Would you say that's a 90s thing? Yeah. Like Baywatch? That's 90s, right? And completely bald. That's like, yeah, Baywatch. <laughs> How about you, McVeigh? When was the last time? How about you? When I went to the doctor, it was uh, maybe six months ago. All right. You know what I'm going to do for you guys? <laughs> the doctor's do do? coming in to talk to you guys. That's what doctor I'm doing. Doctor I knew you were going to do that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the broadcast, to the show, Dr. Gary Forsman of MPM, Middle Path Medicine. He's going to fix your wagon right now. Right now. Give him a round of applause. The doctor is in. Hi. How are you doing I today? I much prefer Dr. Love, actually. I should use that. Dr. Love go. is nice. Dr. Yeah. Love is nice. But we don't offer ball waxing. Sorry. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's side money. I don't think yeah. you got enough. Should have wow. thought of that one. <laughs> do you, do you, when, a, when, a, when a guy comes in all prepared and waxed and shaved, it makes your job a lot easier to find what's wrong with him, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I sure hope not, because if you need to wax it for me to find it, you've got some issues. Um, you got so. <laughs> <laughs> Your issues go way beyond whatever I'm going to do with my finger. Yes, yeah, so you have micro penis. Um, <laughs> so that's, that would be a problem. And so if yes, yeah, so you have to wax for me to find it. Yeah, you've but got starch. You start. 
now, 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 do you prefer do you prefer to be called uh, Gary, Doctor Forsman? I prefer you, Gary. Gary, know, okay, because I don't want to use the doctor thing. That's fine, but I prefer uh, Gary. I could call you Doctor G. You know, Doctor G, G works. Yeah, like OG Doctor G. I'm yeah. real, really. This is Corey Leventon. He got fired from Circus Magazine. <laughs> so I'm sure you read that magazine before. And and I'm just preparing you a little bit before you get into the waters with with the Adika gang here. My yeah. my henchmen. Um, um, we got Mike Fazano on top. He's the Italian man in in Burbank. He used to be a co-host, but then he he's very sensitive. So maybe you could help him on that issue. You know, he might okay. something he's eating it changes his mood swings. Um, he's emotional. He's a gentle giant, a lovely soul. And then we got right there, Oive. He's a fanatic Kiss fan. He's a man, 52 years old. He has everything from Kiss I'm from 50. their boots to their mm-hmm. underwear. He's 50. Right. He has their boots to their underwear. He's insane. Um, it's almost like uh, he still Does lives he have his... one of those plaster casts of uh, Gene Simmons' tongues? He uh, probably, he probably, I he have probably, my own tongue. He, he, you... probably does. <laughs> he probably does. He, and, 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 and those guys together... Mike was mad at me, so he didn't make the photo shoot. But they're 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 known as the Adika's henchmen, right there. Excellent. Just to let you know, and and Mike was mad over there at me. But um, anyway, we want to help my my people, the henchmen. I want to help them. They got from their mental problems to their health problems. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. So, doctor, let's start with Corey. Corey. <laughs> what, Corey? There's no script. He has a condition show. called Chewbacca wrist. You know. Yeah. You know, I, I'm I'm looking at your uh, your website, and uh, it's it's not what I expected. And I I I agree with a lot of it, and uh, and and the, the supplements and all that kind. Of, I, I follow a lot of this, and hmm. I've seen um, I've seen acupuncturists and and herbalists, and so uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm down with it. But you know, that's not how I that's not how I was told things would be today. So uh, hmm. I'm fine if they're if they're like. Like oh, so you're down with fine. this. So you wanted to attack. So in other words, you wanted to fight with the doctor. You told me you bring an anti-vaxxer on. Well, I wanted to throw well, you for a loop. I think you, and I think you know, there's a, the whole world of anti-vax is a very interesting group. And I get, as soon as anybody questions anything in medicine, like vaccines, you are therefore labeled an anti-vaxxer. So it's one of those things where, you know, scientific medicine is questioning things. So anybody who's scientific should not ever list themselves as a pro-vaxxer or an anti-vaxxer. You're, you know, you want to be vaccine educated. So we should learn and understand what vaccines are. That's all I'm about. And unfortunately, the more you learn about the vaccines, the fewer that you would do because now you understand them. Otherwise, like Western medicine, it becomes the Western medical belief system and people want to believe in vaccines, which is not why I went into medicine or science is to believe in them. I actually want to understand them. And so, so, but the very fact that I could question a vaccine immediately throws me into this anti-vax crowd, like, oh my God, you're questioning something like science does. You know, and it's so kind of bizarre because uh, vaccines, like all forms of medicine, should be questioned. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, you know, when uh, the, you know, like the latest thing with the coronavirus, you know, like with whether it's hydroxychloroquine or this latest uh, scandal that's coming out. There, you know, there's all kinds of therapies that we should question, no matter who they come from. You know, okay, and no, so, I, I understand that. That's good. Do you, I want to ask you? Do you advise your patients not to get MMR vaccines? Uh, that's actually one of the worst. 
yeah. And so the MMR vaccine has actually been studied and actually been, because this goes into, you know, when you look at the vaccine schedule, the biggest issue was, especially with the Andrew Wakefield thing, and uh, Andrew Wakefield was a uh, British physician who got his license revoked over scientific studies proving association between MMR and autism. And of course, the whole medical community went after him. He ended up losing his license because he actually was a scientific doctor very well-respected gastroenterologist who actually proved that yes, there is a link between MMR and and um, uh, autism, just like so many other studies that have been suppressed. And so, and his point wasn't even to stop the MMR because he knew what trouble he would get in. He said, but that was if withdrawn. I was going that, to vaccinate, that, that, I would use was... the measles vaccine separately from the mumps vaccine, which I would do separately from the rubella vaccine, which of course makes sense because we actually don't even in animals recommend multi-vaccines like that because of the potential toxicity. And that was them. a study with 12 children and it was retracted. And It was and, retracted and, because of the phar big pharma and Rupert Murdoch went after him. Well, that's it. I mean, because if you look at the, the proceedings of why look, he was you're, you're taken off, it wasn't anything to do with his scientific basis of his study. They actually said a gastroenterologist, this is actually the truth, by the way, a gastroenterologist who dared do do gastroenterology tests like um, small intestinal biopsies and all the rest of those things, that was cruel to children. That was the argument against him. Not one British physician, not one group has ever been able to refute anything scientific that he did. They said this must have been cruel because a gastroenterologist did normal gastroenterology procedures. So if you actually look at the research behind why he was taken off, it was entirely, be it was entirely because the um, the, the society study. went after him, not because I'll let you talk, I promise. Um, and so it was entirely because the groups that went after him knew that as soon as you go down the slippery slope of questioning even one vaccine, then maybe everybody will start questioning the rest of them. And so, so again, there's been literal pharmaceutical henchmen for just about everything if you question something. And that's what happened to poor Andrew Wakefield. I recommend everybody watch the Vaxxed movie, and that does a great job of, of him discussing what happened. I recommend uh, reading the book called Inoculation, which is a great review of all the records that went into the suppression of the knowledge that went into the link between, especially between um, African-American children and um, MMR and autism. Be very clear, the autism spectrum disorder epidemic, okay, true epidemic, um, is a much more complicated issue than just vaccines, though. Yes, Corey. Well, I would like to thank you for, for bringing measles back to America. And, mm -hmm. and, You're welcome. And, yeah, um, yeah, this is completely see, the, irresponsible, what you're saying. There was 12 right. children in that study. It's completely discredited. They tried to It was not discredited. And it, yes, it was. No, so once again, people, so again, Corey is bringing this up like he believes in vaccines, and that's the problem with the house. In 1962, before the measles epidemic and before the measles vaccine, excuse me, in our country, the mortality in our country had already gone down to one in a million. And and to bring up bringing measles back, as far as that goes, measles is going to come back because it's already been there were antigenically shifting to the point the, that the, it oh, will stop. not, the current vaccine will okay, not I'll work talk, actually. On top of you, there were 500 Me children killed every actually year a virus by measles. You, get it, you actually will recover this from it. This is irresponsible. Infection. Hey, where did you and get your medical degree? Speaking, you'll have a decreased risk of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and a variety of other things. So what 
what Dr. Corey is trying to promote is actually, instead of getting the actual disease measles, because there used to be measles parties as a kid, what he's actually recommending to you is not to get this infection, mm -hmm. get a, a vaccine which will actually increase mm -hmm. the risk of disease and increase the risk mm -hmm. of lymphoma because there's he's no not No vaccine is 100%. Because what there's we no want to do is have people be vaccine, vaccine educated, no link to which is there, why every like doctor Fox who knows, knows that the current MMR cannot actually because the argument wait, wait, for, from Corey is that what the MMR does is provide herd immunity, which of course is not true. So he's trying to make you force an injection into your child so that you get cancer. He spreads further disease in the country, and that's because he believes in it. So, um, you know, so that's the danger of belief, everybody. Um, so what we're witnessing here, because I can't actually hear him, is belief, because belief gets screamed. Okay. When you're using science, you actually talk. Okay, um, so so again, that's the problem. Belief is a wonderful thing, but it doesn't belong in science. Okay, belief is something that's supposed to take you to the scientific method, um, and so thus we have the problem. I think I have a fan right now. Okay, I, you know I really do. Um, and so he's a little. Where'd he go? He got a little upset. I didn't really. Do you think? You know, and I'm not upset about this at all. If he wants to get an MMR, he can. You know, I, you know, it's the whole funny thing about this. If you want an MMR, they're out there. You know, and so Corey's uh, going to need a doctor after this show. Mike, Mike, right, ding, ding, you know. ding, ding. Mike Fasano, I think you got your back. Gary, yeah, Gary, sorry to interrupt. Let's go to no, some uh, of the comments. Uh, you know, right? funny. No, no, no. I I find everything that you're saying very interesting. I just, I thought that you were Corey's doctor. <laughs> and I did you, too. I did too. That's why. <laughs> and so my mind was Corey blown go? with what was happening right now. Right. Uh, sorry, I'm just throwing that out there. Just to, just to <laughs> right. take the heat off. No, the, I did too. I, Mike, I thought yeah, that yeah. was Corey's doctor too. <laughs> I'm so. sorry. Anyway, well, no, Corey, it's I'm funny. I mean, for the inconvenience. Corey yeah. Levitin. Okay, let's go really quick yeah. over here. Yeah. Uh, Let him calm down. Sorry to interrupt. Go on. Get mad. You're not okay, Corey. You know. You're obviously not Corey's. I would say no. I mean, no, if I was, I certainly am not anymore. I'm going to go to some of the comments here. <laughs> so, Wendy goes, hey, Dr. G, are you working the front lines right now? Yeah, great question. I'm actually in the uh, what I uh, somebody asked me that question, and because I'm not an ER physician, those are the front lines. Okay, mm -hmm. now we're lucky in our county. We only have 149 cases, uh, 40 in Paso Robles, um, only one death so far. So we're actually very lucky. I've talked to the ER physicians who are on the front line. My job actually is to expand testing to get to people so they don't go to the emergency room with relatively mild symptoms to treat them. So I'm on the midline. I am actually trying to keep people off of the shores of our ER so that the doctors who the people who really need to be seen can be seen so yes i'm more in the midline i'm certainly not on the front line <laughs> okay some more mike yeah. you you have any question for the doctor yourself Fasano? well it's definitely uh not coronavirus related um i've i've got a my 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 issue is i have a bad back and uh occasionally uh just to get through i would take vicodin but recently i discovered percocet <laughs> and and I like it a lot better. Wow. So, uh, but, but like I said, I could get I could get a prescription for like right. sixty pills and have it last me six months. Mm -hmm. So it's not right. like I'm popping them, but it takes the edge off. It's just something I do. Is that I now I know it's really hard to get stuff like Percocet and Vicodin, and it it's is. like when I went when I the last time I got to do my prescription, they had to have my my ID, my passport, my my this, my that. I called the doctor to make sure it was really from him. It's nuts now. 
right. what's happening with that stuff? Am I going to be able? Because I'm out and I need some Percocet. And yeah, uh, we, were, we I, actually what, require a ball waxing before you get that. It's not actually it's not actually part of the whole system. You know, uh, the. <laughs> You know, state of California might be against this, but we figure that people are going to be fairly motivated if they're willing to go that far. Mm. I'm joking, mm. everyone. Um, so what he's talking about is and most people know the last few years, actually, mortality in our country has actually risen because of the opiate epidemic and because of suicide and depression. And part of that is interlinked, of course, is these people who are overdosing. A lot of it had to do um, uh, a kind of a great understanding is say 10, 15 years ago to keep my California state license, the doctor had to pass these courses where you're supposed to look at pain as the fifth vital, vital sign. We're supposed to be looking at pain and treating it more. It was all hype to get doctors to prescribe more narcotics, by the way. Um, and it was never based in science, but that goes into the basis as a standard of care thing. We actually should know. It goes back to even the vaccine standard of care was to actually prescribe more of these things. Unfortunately, when you take opiates chronically, it actually upregulates your pain pain um, recognition system, basically the thalamus, and you start to recognize more and more pain. So of course you take more and more narcotics. And then we led to this whole epidemic of narcotic prescriptions. And then of course, when we said that's a problem, we cut it off and then everybody switched to heroin. And that turns out that was tougher to regulate. Um, and then we have all these overdoses. So kind of what you're talking about, which is having a backup. So people have had some chronic pain, like the back pain is a, a good example. Is it reasonable for a doctor to give you a prescription and monitor it? You know, uh, you know, was it, what did you say? It was like 60 Vicodin in, in six months, so 10 a month. That's on the upper limits of what most doctors would prescribe for you. Um, and so, but is that unreasonable? No, as a breakthrough. So when it comes to back pain, the whole idea the, the, when we talk about Western medicine is Western doctors are prescriptionists, okay? What that means is when you go into an MD's office, you are asking for a drug or a surgery, okay? When you're going into a chiropractor, you're asking for an adjustment. When you go into an acupuncturist, you're asking for needles. This is very straightforward. So of course, if you go into a doctor for back pain, their only thing is to write you a prescription, usually a narcotic if it's severe enough. And so um, the intermittent use of narcotics is reasonable. It's becoming more difficult to, to do. The idea is, is the person doing the right things, whether that's massage therapy or chiropractic or physical therapy, doing something else more reasonable? Because unfortunately, if you start to use more and more narcotics, when, then we know you have a problem. But of course, using it intermittently um, uh, right. is a wonderful thing. Yeah. yeah. Right. And you know, my, and my doctor's really cool because prior to, and I've been seeing him now for probably 20 years, but um, I remember uh, going in there and, and, and he, you know, he said, you know, after about a few years, he's like, so what's wrong? I said, oh, it's my back. And sometimes I take some Vicodin. And he goes, well, where do you get the Vicodin from? I go, I, I'm a musician. I, I mean, I can get it from everybody's got it. And he said to me, he said to me, well, he's, well, he, he also made me have an MRI. He made me do a, a, a shock thing with some nerve guy. Uh, it was a nightmare. I did all the shit he wanted me to do. And, and then he, he knew I wasn't going to abuse the, the thing. He goes, if you're going to get Vicodins or whatever, I'd rather you have a prescription, you get them from me and we'll deal, deal with the thing. So I definitely don't have a problem with that. I was just, I just noted, noticed that that's my problem. My back, I am doing acupuncture. I am doing uh, chiropractic, right. which helps. But sometimes it's so severe to get through the day or the gig or the whatever. It's, mm -hmm. I got to, at the I most, four in one 24 hour period. 
Right. You know what I mean? And that's a reasonable so. use of a medicine, of course, and because you have okay. this understanding, you're just relieving pain, you're not actually treating the problem, right? And so, um, and relieving pain is good, I'm not saying different. Um, and as long as people have an understanding of what they're doing, um, because too many people were taught, hey, you should be taking ibuprofen all day long, and it's an anti-inflammatory, and you're curing this, and unfortunately, uh, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs in our country alone are responsible for somewhere between 30 to 40,000 deaths a year. And, and so, people were using those, which are possibly even more dangerous than the narcotics. So it turns out that the Western medical approaches are, the, you know, again, there's the father of pharmacology said all medicines are poisons. It's just a matter of the dosage. And so, so we, poisoning yourself to long-term health is obviously not a smart strategy. And so, so the idea is to start with other modalities to minimize, have the medicines slash poisons as the backup, because of course there's always a reason for some medicines. And so, and you know, that's what this metal path medicine is. I used, you know, to tell so many people that, you know, Western medicine says this and natural medicine says this, the truth is always somewhere in the middle. And so, so sure. of course now people are saying, never take a narcotic, they're evil. And that's actually right. not true. I've been in an emergency room with a you know kids with a kidney stone for instance and you give them some morphine in the IV and it's like the hand of God reached in and saved them you know and so um, yeah. you know so doctors have actually treated this know that those are good medicines in the right situation unfortunately using them long term not so much right. yeah 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 and it's, it's, it's not necessarily healing the problem too it's just taking the pain away from that that thing that that pain you're having if you have morphine or or, or biking or whatever mm -hmm. but uh, anyway thank you i just wanted to make sure i was okay yeah yeah you're okay my yeah, it's actually reasonable to do yes mm -hmm. you know obviously yeah. the whole goal is to have you get well enough so that you need less and less medicines and that's oh, oh, of course right yeah mm -hmm. yeah excellent. Know? and the goal yeah. isn't to force you away from medicines the guys the idea is hopefully you just won't need them mm -hmm. right 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 like i said it's just when there was a severe episode or whatever which is fewer and fewer just to get through the so excellent hey Oive, you could be my doctor sorry about Corey. <laughs> sorry about Corey. yeah Oive, yeah. What, what's the next question we got here Oive? says have you treated a covid positive person with hco are you familiar with the provitella thesis on it aware of the current status of remdesivir trial are you aware of the bgc vaccine data well, you know, um, and I'm by sure the way, I, I have that. like seven articles on COVID on my website and uh, an article on vitamin D. So it's kind of address those things. I don't know what you mean by HCO. I, I think you mean maybe high dose IV vitamin C, HDIVC, um, and so, or using ozone. Um, and so, you know, so let's cover one of the current controversies. Everybody's bagging on Trump, uh, I, and I'm the first person to do that, um, uh, because of this whole thing about injecting disinfectants. Please, everybody, don't inject a disinfectant. That's an easy thing. Um, you know, the one of the great jokes is he likes Lysol because he lies all the time. <laughs> Anyways, the uh, so please don't inject Lysol or do anything with it other than clean kitchen counters or whatever people do with it. Um, and so well, that should be common sense. <laughs> that, you'd think, but there's yeah. people who took chloroquine and killed themselves, and and oh again, God. you know, and so, and hmm. like, for instance, with the big hyping of hydroxychloroquine, which he's gone away from because the clinical trials show that the hydro hydroxychloroquine, um, uh, Plaquenil is the brand name, a lot, and I promise I'll get to your questions. Um, the hydroxychloroquine, um, 
maybe you're asking that, hydroxychloroquine along with um, azithromycin dramatically increase mortality because of the so many interactions that can occur. It's so much more of a lethal medicine when you give it to older people. So it was like a, in the current trial, there was a 27% mortality if you use hydroxychloroquine, uh, 21% if you use the combination with this drug called azithromycin, and 11% if you didn't use either one of those. So, you know, again, it just shows you that, uh, of course, we shouldn't get be getting medical advice from a, a from the Trumpster um, or, or anybody who doesn't know anything about medicine. And so, so in that order, you know, the, the, so hydroxychloroquine, I wrote on my, um, because you don't want to be anti-Trump either when it comes to the advice. So if the question is about hydroxychloroquine, I made a, did an article three or four weeks ago, uh, probably only a couple of weeks ago now that I think about it, but um, where a low dose of hydroxychloroquine in conjunction with the other things I use, uh, vitamin C, I, you know, melatonin, uh, vitamin D, um, uh, two doses at the onset, two pills at the onset, and one pill, uh, you know, one week later. So three total pills in the course of the illness could have an effect. The problem is when doctors always think higher doses of things more is better and not when it comes to drugs so what happened is you have this high mortality associated with the drugs because doctors tend to overdo drugs okay um same thing happened with the narcotics like we were talking about um and so so on that order hydroxychloroquine i haven't used yet because i don't think it's the right thing i do offer to my patients uh, a total of three pills if they want to do it with a specific way along with the other things we recommend the um the other question there so so high dose IV vitamin C, my uh, physician assistant, uh, Jessica Jocelyn, she's a Stanford trained physician assistant. She just sent me a, a thing this morning about how just in, in uh, Michigan, they raided a doctor's office was using high dose IV vitamin C for treating COVID. And they said using a fake therapy. Now the Shanghai mm -hmm. Medical Society calls this the, the treatment of choice, okay? The people with the most experience actually use high-dose IV vitamin C to treat COVID, okay? But if you come to America, that's a fake therapy, okay? Now, that's interesting, right? Um, and so, uh, so on that order, you know, that's a good therapy. The problem is, of course, with all the fear in the world, you know, again, that's what you see with the, the, the other guy, Corey, is that the people are so afraid of viruses. They're so afraid of, of things that, that I think it just hurts their judgment. And so, so of course, the, the issue would have to be that if we use the appropriate precautions, would I like to use high-dose IV vitamin C along with the, the other therapies? I would actually love to. Okay, but I have not done it yet. Most of our patients, we've only had a couple of patients with um, with the COVID. They've both used this viral protocol that we recommend. It's on the website, um, and people have done well. But that's two people. They might have done well if they didn't take a single thing. You know. Yeah. And I, so well, the other things, BCG vaccine, I don't know anything about the Prevotella theory. I don't know anything about um, the main ther therapies. Going back to the the Trump, what he was talking about, I think, is somebody must have taught it told him about you ultraviolet blood irradiation ubi which has been used historically for 100 years to treat infections and that's mm. i think the light that he was talking about and how to get it into the body he just wasn't saying it very well um and so so can is there potential for ultraviolet blood irradiation to treat this virus absolutely there's a potential to calling All it right. to a, a cure would be a danger so mm. the key of that is that and now and by the way classically light has been called a disinfectant in the past so i think what happened is he just got a little confused mm. and and there's some truth in that now please nobody should do lysol or bleach or any of that other crap but the idea of using ultraviolet blood irradiation for infections is actually well founded 
No, well said. Well, you know what, Doctor, I'm gonna thank you for for uh, being on the show. I got to get our next get, guest on here, but okay. you know what, Corey loved you, and I want to you know, leave it on this note. You know, you you and guys could hope you guys make up and kiss. Here you go, uh, Corey. I'm gonna take a nice screenshot right. of you guys together, Corey. <laughs> okay, but thank I, you, Doctor. I figured there was going to be something with him no, ball waxing or no, something right he, there. He, like, my, <laughs> no, it was, was going to be a legit shot. That was Dr. Gary Forsman of NPM. <laughs> I want to thank you, Doctor, for being here. You have a wonderful day as well. All righty. Now let's bring our next guest, the next guest, the voice of player. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to welcome to the studio Mr. Peter Beckett. Welcome, Peter. How are you, my friend? I'm good. Thank you, Stefan. Oh, oh, there's Corey Levinson. Peter, 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 you um, are... Hold on. Oh, He's sorry. gone. He's gone. Wait a Peter, I want to yes. welcome to the show. You've been backstage. I hope you, the, the food that we had back there was good for you. This is Mr. Corey Leventon over here. Corey, are you relaxed? Peter, I love I love you. Uh any, yeah. any kind of full conceit. But I need I need I need two minutes, exactly two minutes. Because Stefan, you gave Hold on, this 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 witch doctor like twenty <laughs> minutes of time. He's right there. Own. He's right there. Absolutely, there is absolutely zero proof that vaccines cause autism. They've they've tested it again and again. The Earth is not flat. Chemtrails uh, are Dr. not the government Gary, trying to out. manipulate I want you to hang out backstage. Don't go nowhere. We're going to bring you and Corey back together. I'll hang out. We're going to no. handle Peter over no, here. No, I'm not. Because the, the guy's more intelligent than me. <laughs> he, he, he knows his. He knows. He knows his fraud stuff. It's not true. <laughs> well, he knows I, it. You know love, I'm not an expert. You know I, love, in, I, love, I love this. I love that, Peter. <laughs> you ever did an interview with a guy yelling next to you, Peter? This is great. Is this professional? Peter, I'm, you, you got I'm, you I'm stuff. Was that Peter? Disinfectant. Morning <laughs> disinfectant right here. Morning. I love it. I love it. You know, Corey, put on Baby Come Back and Relax a little. It's, it's a I love that song. song. It's, a, it's, a, it's a soothing song. Do you love it? Wait, you, you want to see something good? You know how to get high blood pressure for Corey, Peter? Want to see it? Watch this. Watch. Watch. I want, I'm going to get, when Corey pisses me up, I'm going to do this. Hi, doctor. Say hi to Corey. <laughs> Say hi to Corey. <laughs> there it goes. You got there you. It goes. See? <laughs> I want to see that guy's that, that guy's uh, uh, degree. Wait, hold on, Corey. Peter, thank you for coming on. Thank you crazy, for coming here. My crazy friend. stuff. It's crazy, huh? It's a fun show. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, yeah, I've got my disinfectant here, but I'm actually getting a ball waxing <laughs> under the table here while I'm talking to you. Stuff. Peter. Oh my goodness, I love you, Peter. Peter. Um. <laughs> I'm trying to get my head together. You don't know Thank where to go now. I don't know where to go. I don't know where to go. I need to put baby come back because I need to get soothed. This is almost like this is just. I'm sure you. This is like a bad band rehearsal. But no, I go away. Come back in a few. No, minutes. you're you're wonderful, Peter. Thank you for making the time coming on here. You know, you are great. You you got a lot of great stories to talk, and I want to get right into it. I just want Corey to breathe, relax. And then, oh, he's he's backstage yelling. Watch this. All right. No, he, no, I'll go on with Peter. I love I love Peter. You love Peter. Okay, okay. Cor Corey obviously used to work for Circus Magazine. Peter, the great rock and roll magazine, wrote for Rolling Stone. But if he says something to offend you, he got fired. So no, I want to block him. You, if you don't like the questions, he goes in the back. That's it. <laughs> Peter's my buddy. Be nice, Corey. Alrighty. Peter's from Liverpool. Let's start right there. Corey and I love Liverpool. Why, Corey? Do we love Liverpool? We love Liverpool because the Beatles are from Liverpool. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Peter, if you didn't know that, okay. we're here to tell you about that. Okay. We've both been there on the crazy, crazy, uh, like, fanboy tours, uh, Strawberry taking our pictures in front of Strawberry Fields, Penny Lane looking for the barbershop, which is not the same barbershop as it was, by the way. Yeah. 
That's true. Now, now, Peter, we I want to go back, back to young Peter, Liverpool. Tell us what Liverpool was all about back then when you grown up getting into music. Well, truthfully, when I was growing up and when I was a kid, Liverpool was a real rough place, kind of like, I guess, what you'd associate with Detroit here or something. And uh, I mean, there were gangs everywhere. It, it was a big port. There were sailors. My mom actually worked on the dock road in a hospital. And she was always, you know, stitching people up. She'd come home and tell us these stories of the dockers and the sailors fighting and stuff. And I ended up when I was about, I don't know, 16, playing with my friend Richie in those pubs with a couple of acoustic guitars. And there'd be like bottles flying over our heads and stuff. Oh, it was wow. pretty crazy. But, you know, I'll get to Liverpool yeah. now, later, because it's totally changed now. You know, it's, it's actually beautiful now. It is beautiful. You know, I wanted, we were, my wife and I and the family we went to England last summer, but I didn't go to Liverpool. And I'm, I was bummed that I didn't take that day to go there. Yeah. Big mistake. Big mistake. Cause now with everything, we don't know what's going to go on. And with Corey's temper tantrums, it could be worse than a virus. <laughs> oh, that's right. I, th I, for some reason, I thought that you'd been to Liverpool. No, no. it was only London that you went to. Yeah. I only went to London. Yeah. We only went to London to Peter. So back in the day, you, you doing, you, you're playing music. What were you listening? What was your influence as a kid? What were you getting you into it? What was your well, influence? Yeah. Well, I was, I was like four years behind the Beatles. So I, yeah. I, I actually saw the Beatles play twice at the cabin. I was snuck in. I was mm -hmm. too young to be there, but um, you know, it was the whole thing with the uh, the GIs in Germany. Hamburg was a bit like sister city to Liverpool, and all the young Liverpool bands used to go and do these month long stints in Hamburg clubs, and you know, you'd play about five one hour sets a night. It was crazy. But Here, we I gotta all... cut. I got. I gotta cut you off. Like I cut the doctor off. When you saw the Beatles, you saw them with Pete Best, obviously. I'll get to that. <laughs> yeah yeah peter put Relax. him in his place peter Relax, in his place. dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ask me in a minute yeah, yeah 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 i love it see this is why he got fired this is why <laughs> the guy got no control it's just it's unbelievable unbelievable sure. so anyway the gis you, you know in germany all the american gis mm. they had all this tumblr motown music that they'd play and all these liverpool bands used to go play in hamburg and frankfurt and cologne mm. and all that which i did and uh they'd give us, you know, 45s and we'd take them home and play. So all the Liverpool bands started playing Tamla Motown songs mm -hmm. in Liverpool. And that was the start, as anyone will tell you, of the Mersey sound. Wow. 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 That's Corey. Now, what was your question? Oh, when you saw them, it was with Pete, right? The what? When you saw the Beatles, it was with Pete, Pete Best. I uh, no, 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 I didn't see him. With, it was a little after that. Oh. Uh, I got a funny story about Pete Best, though. Um, when I was a little kid, um, I had a friend whose dad knew the main bouncer uh, at the cavern door, you know, and my brother, who was three years older than me, would always be at the cavern. He was watching the Beatles all the time. He was telling me about this great band, all in black leather and this whole thing, you know, and... Um, one afternoon i was hanging around downtown i was a real young teen and my buddy said you know I, I know this guy through my dad on the door let's go see if he can sneak us in and um he snuck us in and he said you little gits can get in there and take a quick peek and then i want you out of there in two minutes you know and I, that happened twice and uh, the beatles used to play these lunchtime sessions for the office workers in the cabin and uh, the first time i went down it was like the loudest thing I'd ever heard in my life, you know, because 
it was all brick arches and so everything was just bouncing off the walls and it was dirty it was smoky there was like the toilet was leaking in the back you know so this this strange mixture of smells and cheese. everybody says it smelled like cheese oh it, it's nice now it smells like a poodle parlor now but in those days it, it's it stunk and uh, but i was real impressed the beatles were really loud they were playing us the first time they were playing a song called some other guy and i saw like you know verse and a chorus and i was hooked out of the and uh, that happened one other time and, and it was great and I, I swear to god i walked away and it, that was it for me i was already into guitars and you know plunking around and that was pretty much what made me get into what i got into wow now, wow the story behind the, the cavern is interesting because it was covered up by a car park for it's like changed 50 years yeah it's it wasn't 50 years close to it though um the old cavern uh when i when i was in america by then mm -hmm. obviously but um i i heard that they destroyed it and made a parking lot on matthew street there and i went to liverpool sometime after that and they'd moved it across the street because all those buildings on that street they were all the same architecture they were like three arches of bricks because they were warehouses you know underground and so they moved it across the street and i was real confused by that um and it didn't seem that they'd made it look you know they made the stage look the same and they had all the signatures on the bricks behind but it wasn't the same mm -hmm. but i just went back eight months ago and they've moved it back to yeah. where it was and they have a new door but it, but it's the original club now and mm -hmm. the original door that i used to go in through to play and all that is now a little shrine you know and they've got a big cardboard cut out of, of this bouncer who was the main bouncer on the door at the time you know and wow. i got it and strangely enough when i was back there eight months ago i was with my wife and we we tried to get in we wanted to shoot a little film by the stage mm -hmm. in there mm -hmm. and they stopped us you know going in and two bouncers on the door and, and they said uh that'll be like 20, 20 pounds each or something. You know? And I went, what? And my wife Eden said to them, he used to play here like 45, 50 years ago all the time, you know? And they go, well, who is he? You know, and they, she told them, you know, baby come back and this, that, and the other. And uh, so this, oh, come on in. And I told them before we went in, I said, you know, there was a bouncer here who, who my friend's dad knew and he actually let me in, which is what started my whole thing. And he said, is it that guy on the cardboard cutout on the on the real door there and i said that's him i think yeah he said that was my dad oh wow 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 and it was wow. his dad wow and I, and I gave stefan a film of that actually you did give me a film let me yeah, let me see sure. I, gave, I gave it to my engineer to try to put in here for me well it's not my engineer i have a friend and i'm stealing his engineer but he, he tried <laughs> to put something in here okay let's see what i got here people i try not to, to, to fail you the stage right there that's the that was the stage right <laughs> that's there the, that's the wrong film though there's, a, the, there's another one with the two bounces at the door that's just from eight months ago that that is another one let's see what else we got here that's let's the cavern that was the cavern right there oh, how pretty yeah. so that that's the original 
That's the state that they put it back to the original state. I believe so because it's, yeah. it's on the side of the road that I remember, yeah. and it, it's wow. in the location that I remember, you know. And I was told that they recreated it. Properly. Yeah, they did that uh, about 20, 25 years ago. Yeah. Wow, go. wow, that's pretty. That's pretty cool. Now, now, Peter, over here, I have a picture right here. Tell me about this picture right here. And I was looking at the songwriting credit right here. So, here, right here, we got. Uh, this is your band, right? Yeah, that's my band, The Thoughts, uh, in Liverpool. Mm -hmm. uh, we la we later went down to to London, you know, and that's where we got this record deal here with Shell Tommy, who was the Kinks producer, and uh, it was a song called All Night Stand. It was written by Ray Davies, mm -hmm. and we were just this scruffy little band from Liverpool. We went wow. down, and we all almost instantaneously. <laughs> got a record deal and put this out. Nothing ever happened with it, you know, but it was kind of like a, it's a nice little historical thing. All night stand. So did you, did Ray write this with you guys? Did, did, did you meet? No, ne no, he was never there. It was Shell okay. Tommy who, who was the producer and gotcha. he, produ he produced it, you know. Gotcha. Wow. That's, that's awesome. That's pretty cool. Huh? So that was, was the beginning of it, huh? That yeah. A little bit of, little bit of cred, you know, a little bit that. of cred right there. That's yeah. wonderful. Now, you got a, an incredible story, and Corey's going to fanboy out here. All right? I am. I'm already. It's. It's. I just it's, love the fact. Here's. Here's how you can tell somebody's really from Liverpool. Mm -hmm. And I've never heard anybody explain this before. But when you say the word "us," "us," it comes out "uz." Uz. Uz. That's a. That's yeah, a Liverpool that's thing. Yeah. It's a Liverpool yeah, thing, huh? You Liverpool. You So so you went. So you Liverpool. Then moving forward, you have a great story because you, you did your vacation, went to England. Did you go take a walk to Selva Road when you were there? Did you go by down no, in Hawaii? No, we didn't. no, and we had this conversation. I yeah. didn't go this time. We we did. My wife had never been. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I have family there still. So we stayed there for a two. We were actually in Oxford for, for my nephew's wedding, went mm -hmm. up to Liverpool. And uh, she wanted to see Strawberry Fields and mm -hmm. McCartney's house and Lennon's house and all that. And Strawberry Fields was just a few doors down from my school mm -hmm. that I went to, you know, when I was teen, St. Francis Xavier's. And uh, it's literally on the same street, just a few doors down. And then my sister drove us to uh, Lennon's house and McCartney. And I'd never been there myself, to tell you the truth. Really? Yeah. That, you know, it's funny you say that. I, I'm from New York. I've never been to the Statue of Liberty. Never, <laughs> never been there. Yeah. Never, never. I didn't want to take, didn't want to take the ride out there. And didn't want to do. Now yeah, you but you've been to the Dakota thirty times. So I've been to the to Dakota thirty <laughs> times, but not to the Dakota too. <laughs> now the only thing that wants to make me go to the Statue of Liberty is the picture of John Lennon doing this because I want to do the same photo shit. That's it. That's it. Otherwise, I don't want to deal with the headache. And now that I'm fifty two, I don't want to go nowhere but stay on my computer and make fake TV shows. Well, so, especially now. Yeah, especially now. <laughs> Let me get Peter. You had a wonderful story you told me privately about you, your friend working. He was writing, and, and correct me if I'm wrong. Was he writing songs? So he was doing something over there with Apple Rec when the Beatles would do had their studio on, on Savile Road. Yeah, um, I was just starting to write songs, still real young, you know. Mm -hmm. I don't know, seventeen, maybe something. And um, I met this guy Keith Kirby, and he was a young Cockney guy, and he was writing songs, and I kind of hooked up with it. We started trying to write a few things, and he was writing stuff at 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 Apple. Mm -hmm. In in the building, they had all these little rooms with Revox tape machines, two tracks, you know, and songwriters would be in there all, all the time putting stuff down. And um, he said, do you want to come in? And we'd written a little thing. And he said, let's go put this idea down. I, I know people over there and I get us in. We put it on a tape. So I went down with him and uh, we're in this little room. Like it's a skinny building, 
like about, I don't know, five stories or something, mm -hmm. little rooms all the way up that metal staircase. And I remember being in the room and uh, heard footsteps outside and he jumped up and he looked out and he said, Pete, come here quick. We went outside and uh, McCartney and Lennon were walking up the stairs and McCartney had the pinstripe suit on, the big black beard. Lennon had the white suit on, the big beard, you know. And he said, hey, guys. And he knew them, shook his hand. He said, this is Peter Beckett. He's from Liverpool. And they're like, ooh. You know, we all kind of went, ooh. And um, shook hands. And it was nice moments. Never had a camera on me, of course. But um, then they went on up the stairs. We went back and started, you know, working. Peter, and can you put a month and a year on that? Can't, not exactly. I'd have to really think about that. Well, if Lennon had a beard, it was at least 1969. And if they were wearing suits, it was probably an Apple business meeting. So you were, prob you were probably well, I, witnessing the Alan Klein thing. Well, I was told, I mean, I, I was pretty, you know, I didn't know what the hell was going on in those days, but I was told that they were going upstairs. James Taylor was in the top room uh, recording things for Sweet Baby James. And nobody had heard of him yet. So if there's a time stamp, that would be it right there. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Corey, look at Corey. You, you got, you got Corey calmed with that, Peter. You look what you look at. Like look how you sued the beast. Did you record, did you record in, in that studio in the basement? No. And you, you no. were just there. Later okay. on, I was in a band called Paladin in London and we did a couple of albums. It's, it was quite a, you know, well critiqued band and Jeff Emmerich uh, engineered our second album oh, wow. it was called charge and he died recently you know yeah and he actually sent me a book he signed he's got a book signed mm -hmm. it sent it to me oh wow wow that's, that's pretty that, that's pretty wild so, so that's a great book except that he hates george <laughs> <laughs> well he can't defend himself now you really want to fight with everybody no, today no. <laughs> no but uh and by well, it's true that George didn't have a great solo in in All You Need Is Love. In fact, that was probably the worst solo in all of rock and roll. But he, he went nuts on him. He was like I gotta, he was the least talented. Oh come on, he was the dark horse. So don't bother <laughs> me was the first thing they recorded of his, and it was great. Yeah. Oh no, I but that, love George's stuff. I I do too. I'm just I'm just telling you what uh, what Emmerich said in his book. Yeah, yeah, Corey, you just you just want it's it's like yeah, I hate no. Corey Day. You started with the doctor. You know what? I you know want when I go Can to I, dinner with Pete, you're not, invi you're not invited. Can I tell you my only other th my third Beatle thing? Please, please do go. Here, before yeah. before so, somewhere way back, my band the thoughts that you just showed the same. Mm -hmm. We went down to London and we were just bumming around, you know, trying to get a gig here or there, and we're like, you know, sleeping in somebody's apartment on the floor. And we got this manager, Tony Stratton-Smith. We, we got him interested in us. And he knew Brian Epstein. And Brian Epstein was putting on the first show at the Savile Theatre uh, on Shaftesbury Avenue in London, which he was going to turn into a, a big series of shows, you know. And the first show he put on... Jimi Hendrix. Jimi Hendrix. Uh, the Who were top of the bill. It was The Who, Jimi Hendrix, a band called The Coobers, also from Liverpool, and my band, The Thoughts, opened the show. Mm. Now, listen, you know, they had to go buy us, like, little clothes from Carnaby Street because we were scruffy little gits. And um, in the dressing room, we were real nervous. Before we went on, there's a knock on the door, and Brian Epstein walks in with a bottle of Maud and Chandon mm. champagne, and he's got a label on the, on the top, and it says, congratulations on your to The Thoughts on your first wow. gig at the Savile Theatre. 
and we were just like, oh, thanks. Ripped the cork, threw the label in the bin and slugged the champagne. You know? <laughs> and, and, and walked on the stage and did our set and nobody gave a crap. You know, it was just this little band and we sounded like crap. And we did our so set. Peter, uh, Let me finish, right? dude. So right after us, the Cubas went on, whatever, you know. And then Jimi Hendrix came on and he just had released Hey Joe. And Hey Joe wow. was like slamming it up the charts. And he goes on. And I swear to God, I was standing in the wings with Townsend and Daltrey standing next to them, watching his his final song. And he's like, you know, sitting on the tremolo. He squirts the lighter fluid on it and sets the guitar on fire. And we're all just like, oh my God, what's going on? You know. And then he throws the guitar through this. And truthfully, the Who started all that kind of behavior, you know. But uh, but it was it was an amazing concert, and I didn't know this until recently. I talked to uh, this guy I knew from Liverpool that all the Beatles were in one of the boxes that night. So I actually was watched by the Beatles. Well, uh, not only that, but actually, Maka still tells the story of that night because the night before, you know Sergeant, about Pepper, that. Sergeant Pepper had come out, and then yeah. Jimi Hendrix comes on and opens with the whole Sergeant Pepper. His whole band is playing Sergeant Pepper. They came out the night before. They must have rehearsed it all night, and yeah. everybody wanted to quit the business. All of those musicians <laughs> you're talking about, they're like, we can't do this anymore. It's yeah. like being a comedian and wow. watching Robin Williams come on. Well, I was just happy to be on it, you know, and it was a little piece of history, so. Uh, a little bit. It's a big piece of history it's over huge. here. He still talks about it. It's 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 huge. It's huge. Uh, right here, we have a question from Peter. Is Peter still in touch with the thoughts from Melrose Larry Green? That's a great question. With the band, the thoughts. Yeah. Any anybody? Um, not really. No. One no. Of, I, I know one of them is dead. Um, the mm -hmm. other two, I don't know where they are. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I've been I've been here since '74. You know, and yeah, I know one of them moved to Sweden. It's just scattered. You know. Yeah. No. That's that's, that's great. So let me, Peter. You, you, RSO Records, Robert Stigwood. That's that's oh, a, yeah. that. So, player, you guys were signed on, on that label, correct? Were you? Yeah, it wasn't an immediate thing. You know, we hawked our stuff around LA mm -hmm. for ages, and um, we didn't have "Baby Come Back" in the mix. We had like four songs. We mm -hmm. take acoustics and we go sit in people's offices and play them a few songs. And most of the time, we got, eh, you know, it's pretty good. No, don't hear a hit. Yeah, and, and truthfully. I sat down one afternoon with J.C. Crowley uh, in his garage, and uh, we came up with this idea, and we just started plunking around with it. And three days later, just a couple of three hours a day, you know, we we did it in pieces, the verse, we got the chorus, and then I had the idea of like doing a Righteous Brothers thing in in the bridge, which is the high low thing, you know, mm. nothing new for me, nothing yeah. new for me, and I think that's that was the thing that made it special, yeah. and. Next time we played, it was for Dennis Lambert and Brian Potter, who were, you know, linked with Robert Stigwood and Al Corey. And um, we played the three or four songs and we ended with Baby Come Back and Lambert and Potter just kind of went. Yeah, yeah. Wow, wow. And that was written about? I'm sorry? Who is it written about? It was kind of a mixture. You know, I'd broken up with somebody. Crowley had broken up with somebody, and uh, we we had that in common. We were totally different guys. I was a rocker from Liverpool. He's like a country singer from Texas, you know. Mm. And we met at a party, and we just got together and wrote some songs together. And you know, it was the influence 
being different, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. worked. It's almost like me and Corey, how you're in the middle of us because I, ca I can't get along with the guy, and he tries to cut you off all the time. It's unbelievable. You know, it's it's like, Peter, I, I like your accent. I like you. You have a, you're a cheerful personality. I'll get rid of him like like that for you. You tell me. You give me the green light. Hey, I just go like this. Just like right. Hey, do that snap. Okay. You know what, Peter? Do that snap again for me. Like that. Like that. I go like that. Boom. There he is. <laughs> there he goes. Just like that. Let me ask you, Peter. Badfinger. Let's touch on that. The band Badfinger. Great songs. Tragic story about them. If people don't know about Badfinger, very interesting. It could be a movie about them. Yeah. What's your story connection with Badfinger? Well, in Liverpool, you know, when I was still in Liverpool, uh, Joey Molland was in a band, I believe it was called the Masterminds. Mm -hmm. And I was in the thoughts and we were playing around Liverpool all the time. And um, then he moved down to London before me, mm -hmm. Joey. And he was in some band with one of the Walker brothers. They were, they had a big push. They were recording down there. The Fruit Eating Burrs, I think they were called. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, you know, I was bumming around at the time around London, just doing gigs. And I got this phone call one day. Somebody had given this guy my number. And it's like, hello, is this Peter Beggar? And I'm like, yeah. And he says, my name is Bill. And we're putting together a band. Um, and we're looking for somebody who's out on a limb and looking for something to belong to. And it was this whole spiel, you know. And I'm like, okay, whatever. And uh, I didn't know this, but it, it was Badfinger that they were putting together. And um, he said, we're having auditions tomorrow. Would you come down at 10 o'clock to so-and-so place, whatever it was? And I said, sure. And um, I went out that night and got drunk and ended up with some chick in some apartments in London and didn't wake up till noon, mm -hmm. never went. <laughs> and uh, Joey did go, and, he got, and Joey got the job. He got the job. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So I didn't go. In essence, and two of those, I don't want to get into the bad part of it, but yeah. you know, there are reasons why I'm glad I didn't go. Let's put it that way. It's almost like it was cursed, the band, the poor band, right? It's, it's such a dark, it's a weird story if you believe in that. It's just, it's just, you know, it's just. And great guys too, you know. You know, they had great, great, it was yeah. great songs. Was this, their sound was great. They sounded great. And yeah. uh, they're still playing around these days. You got, well, you, Joey is. Yeah. Joey, I think, is the only one. He's going yeah. out as, you know, Joey Mullen of Badfinger, kind of the same as me. Yeah. You guys bump into each other and uh, same gigs? Not yet. No, not yet. I had a long conversation with him about, I don't know, four years ago. He called me at home mm. and we caught up, you know, and I, we were going to get together. He was going to come in. He lives on the East Coast. He was going to mm. come in and do an album and uh, he wanted me to play and sing on it. And I said, sure. And then he never came into town. So, wow. How, how cool to see you guys to do something together. That would it be. May happen. That it would may be. Happen. A great thing for for both fans to see that happen. That that yeah. would be a good sound. Hey mm -hmm. Peter, what? you 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 can still hear baby come back in the grocery store. I mean, do you still make money off that? Are you there kidding? <laughs> yes. Oh great! That's it's awesome. Every, you you know, don't hear every. a story like that. Normally, it's how I signed away my publishing. Uh, well, truthfully, you know this whole yacht rock thing, which mm -hmm. you were probably going to get to later. But no, I I hate that word. Uh, it's well, I hated it at first, but it's uh, it's you know. Airplay has gone through the roof, and Baby Come Back has had this resurgence because it's like a bona fide yacht rock <laughs> classic. You know? So yeah, the royalties have gone for all of us. For you know, Elliot from 
who did Brandy and uh, mm -hmm. from Looking Glass and Robbie Dupree and all of us, you know, from the era, we're, we're getting big airplay again. It's great. Yeah. And we do these tours every year. So I, you know, I'll take it, dude. Stefan, yacht rock is the latest word that millennials used to just call what we used to call rock and roll. Well, I, ca I call the no, good stuff. Yeah, it's no. it's two words for a start. It's yacht rock. <laughs> he likes that. You like that. And I'm ready to snap, dude. And <laughs> <laughs> it's two words, but it's it's really just the seventies music. And and what it has been explained to me is it's when muse before the machines came in in the eighties, mm -hmm. it's when everybody could sit down with an acoustic or a piano and sing you a song, throw some three part harmonies on and you, you had a, some really nice organic music. And that's, that's really all it is. And, and the kids got hold of it and they, they probably saw a video of, you know, uh, Crosby, Sills and Nash on their wooden ship drinking mm -hmm. Chardonnay with their hair blowing in the wind and yacht rock. Yeah. Yacht rock. I mean, Peter, you, you have a wonderful band right now. And Corey, if you just, Shush for a second. You, you're bad. <laughs> not, you know, just shush. You know, you, you, you know, the only thing I'm over. He's, like, he's, he's so unprofessional. No, you know I got, what? I got this line. Shut up. You know, <laughs> he's an idiot, Peter. I'm sorry about this. He's an idiot. Your band is great over here. First of all, I want to give them a shout out because I saw you guys play. We did a gig together. Here's a picture yeah. of you guys right there. You got a great band. Yeah, Fantastic. Good. You know, good band. Your guitar player, Rob, great guitar player right there. Yeah. Um, great. Yeah, so give them a, I give them a quick shout out. Now tomorrow you're doing something special right here. Let me put this up, this photograph right here. Watch this. Watch that right there, Peter. All together now. Tell me about the telethon you're doing. Well, this particular thing here is just the yacht rock artists. Mm -hmm. um, that was posted by a yacht rock radio station. Okay. This is like Robbie Dupree and Elliot Laurie and Mary and Burley from Ambrosia. There's Lucifer. There's me, top middle. And you've got the bottom, Alan Parsons, David Pack. I can't see the bottom because you've got a. Yeah, let me wire. move that for a second right there. Yeah, Alan Parsons and David Pack and Bill Champlin. And uh, I can't see who's at the bottom left there. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure who that is. I, I can't I, even see it. Yeah, but you know, the main person, you're, ne you're, ne you're next to Steve Luthiga up there. And it's all about, <laughs> you, you know, you're, he's, a gr he's a great yeah. guitar player. Oh, so, right. Great. Right there, for information on that, we could all go to alltogethernowla.org to find that out and the information. And that's going to be, is that going to air tomorrow? That's going to it's, be on? It's tomorrow at two o'clock in the afternoon. You can get the link. It, it, there are 80 artists on it. When I, when I signed up, there was only a few. Now there's 80. Jeff Bridges, Carol King, Smokey Robinson, Rick wow. Springfield, Alan Parsons, Ambrosia, yeah. Robbie Dupree, Matthew Wilder. There's like Elliot Laurie, just like, 80 people. 80 people. Yeah. So all together. Everybody now. just gets a couple of minutes. That's all right. It, information all together now. LA.org. I mean, where, where are people going to go? Look, Peter, watch this. Just keep calm and stay home with Peter. Look at that. Huh? Yeah. Stay home with you, Peter. You stay home and we'll watch it tomorrow. In, in, yeah. Info all together now. LA.org. I'll keep the link over there on the ticker over here. Let me bring let me bring back the, the cast over here. So we got Corey, the annoying raving reporter. We got over here. You got Mike Fasano, Yachtly Crew. There's Mike. And, and, and then we got Oive. We got Oive Crazy Kiss fan. Hey okay. Peter. You know, I, I, want, I, I saw Peter for about four years ago in Austin. You were uh speaking of the, the uh yeah, yeah, it was the yeah, uh, I remember that. the yacht that what you were just talking about. That was some of the guys from Ambrosia, and there's a it's a good mixture of people. But you were great. And Yacht Rock Review, the band. That's what it was. 
Yes. They're the guys who started the whole yacht, yacht rock thing. Besides, yeah. you know, besides the TV thing, the the internet TV thing. But mm -hmm. but that band, Yacht Rock Review, they they're the ones who brought it all. Yes, it's a good show. Yeah, yeah. no. Thank you. And Peter, your band is amazing. You sound great tomorrow. We're going to tune on, on there. Info all together now, la.org. Check it out. You'll check Peter out. You'll check all his friends out. Um, your buddy, uh, is, is it Brandy, the hit song, Brandy, you're a fine girl. Elliot Laurie. Elliot Laurie. Yeah. So you guys work together too. You guys do do a well, lot of shows. Quite all often. the Yacht Rock guys do. Yeah. There's, there's a whole bunch of us and we, we, we go out and, and tour mm -hmm. we have a house band mm -hmm. which can be orleans ambrosia it's always a, a really great band with their own hits and then we come on and do do our hits in the middle of their show and it's, nah, wonderful it's bang for the buck you know lots of yeah hits. that's going to be a great time and then let me bring out uh, the doctor over here before we end this show as well Corey's best friend hold on <laughs> hold on one second let me see if i can fix this peter you're in for a real treat did, peter let me ask you a question did Corey annoy you today that's what i want to know not did at all well, he annoyed me. Watch him next to the doctor. We could, they could be friends. You know, we got doctor. That's that's Peter Beckett, the voice of player. Hi, I'm Peter. sure. Yeah. Hey, man. Yep. Dr. Forsman. Uh, Dr. G, let me ask you a question. Yep. Uh, I know. I know you try to romance the ladies. You, you, you've done it to Peter's baby comeback. You ever put that on there trying to get, you know, hot, hot in the night over there. Right. Well, yeah. here's yeah, everybody Back had a day. I want you and Corey baby come back. Both you guys. Corey, make your baby come back. Be nice with the doctor, Corey. Come on. It's going to be hard for him. I, 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 the doctor, I, 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 he's a fine guy. I'm not, I'll be nice to him. I just think he's, he's got the dangerous ideas. That's all. You started out nice. You go, I really like this guy. Got well, nothing. I was looking at his website, and he didn't say anything about vaccines. And I was, I was, I, um, oh, it's all I, there. I was attracted by that. I'm it's like, oh, okay. He's into, uh, I'm seeing a lot of, I'm seeing a lot of platinum on the right of the screen here, dudes, top and bottom. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you know, Peter love Peter, did you get a kick out of Corey and the doctor? It's it's like it's like Lennon and McCartney fighting. <laughs> Jagger and Riches, yeah. <laughs> Jagger and Riches. Yeah. This is this this could start wars. I mean, you know what? Dr. The Oasis G, brothers. It's like it's like the Oasis <laughs> exactly, brothers. Dr. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the Gallagher <laughs> brothers. You know, yeah. I think yeah. Peter, I think we need to have them come back on the show again. This is good for ratings. Um, we got Mike Fazano, <laughs> fame Tiger Army. Thank you for joining us, Mike. I'll do the banners in a second. The feed's Agreed. very slow. Um, Corey, thank you for being annoying. Dr. G, thank you for coming on and annoying You're Corey. Welcome. I love it. Who do you Oy got coming on tomorrow? Today is Friday, but Monday we got something big going on. A we white got some supremacists <laughs> talking about how the Jews are evil. <laughs> go get political, Corey. Here go we get go. Political. <laughs> there we go. You know what? It, hey, in the Corey. words of Mr. Peter Beckett, look like this. <laughs> Really, Corey, like that. That's how we're gonna end the show. I'm just gonna do a snap, and you can come back, and a snap, you can go off. You know what? This Baby is a professional back. show. I'm Baby come back. Just sing it. Sing. Would you bring? Get your guitar. Sing it for for Peter right now. Do it. I dare what? you. Corey. Baby come back. Yeah, right now. All go right. get your guitar. Go ahead. Watch this. We're gonna end sing the show. Sing it for Doctor Gary. I don't. Yeah. Don't, don't give it away. Don't give it away. I don't want him to hear. I don't want to. Hey, cool, hear. Hey, Mike. <laughs> and, what? And, and and Peter, Peter, really quick. I'm gonna put Peter on. Peter, did, yeah. you and me, we're going to watch Corey play your song. He's probably going to play it all wrong, but it's okay. To Dr. Gary. To me. To Dr. Gary on the screen together. I love yeah. Check out the guitar. That'll Check out beautiful. the guitar. Watch this, Peter. Don't go nowhere. I'm going to put them two together. Hey, Peter, you what guys... key is it in? What's the first don't chord? Talk, no, no, no. Don't, don't, Peter, don't Peter. I ain't don't, saying a word. Yeah. You, don't, you know, if you were going to audition for Peter's band, this is not a way to get the gig. Baby, come back. 
any kind of food. Look at the doctor when you're singing this. Face the doctor's face. Face the doctor. Kiss the doctor. Any kind of food can't see. I'll get closer and closer to him. There you go. See? Beautiful. Thank you. Go, go, Corey. Go, Corey. You're doing I good. Don't, uh, give me the chords, Peter. No, don't give him the chords. I'm giving you nothing. <laughs> nothing, nothing. Uh, you annoyed, he annoyed Peter over here. You annoyed him. I don't blame Peter. Peter give, give him nothing, Peter. You Isn't know, that guitar pink? Yeah, it's my yeah, daughter's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's cut on my headphones now. His, his guitar has Batman on it. Well, I've got the green. These are my kids' uh, gaming earphones. Yeah, but that's I was okay. gonna. I was gonna ask you what those were. Those look cool. <laughs> those look cool. You know what? I want everybody to go tomorrow. We're gonna go to info altogether dot la dot. I'm sorry, <laughs> info altogether now la dot org. Find Peter tomorrow. He's going to be performing with his friends out there. You'll get information on, on it. Dr. G, I want to thank you for coming, being a part of the show today. Corey, Corey you're welcome. I want to thank you for being you. You know, you're something else. You know, okay. my henchman, of course. I want everybody to check out my buddy, Michael Alago. He has a book on Amazon. I am Michael Alago, beating, uh, breathing music, signing Metallica, beating death. Michael Alago is the man who signed Metallica, and he has a great story behind it. Um, also, also, everybody, my guest, you guys have been wonderful, wonderful. Corey and the doctor together. Look at them. They're very happy. You, Corey, you're a wonderful guy. If you guys liked what you saw today, subscribe. Subscribe. You know, we're Coffee Talk. We're here Monday, to Monday, Friday, 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. I want to thank my Adika Angels. And other than that, we're going to have um, a reunion for Union Monday. That's right. We'll tell you more about it. All righty. But... Corey, be friends with the doctor. Good. You're my friend. Good. I want you guys to have a good weekend. We're going to take this show home. Um, everybody, be good to your folks. They've been good to you. And remember, we love you.